Good morning. Uh, welcome to the International Church of Prague. Um, for for me, this is this is a Thursday evening. I'm here with with Preston, and uh, and we're we're gonna to lead uh, this morning um, in an inductive uh, Bible study. So this is just Preston and I talking through this this passage. Um, originally, Drew was planning to uh, preach um, this message this morning, and uh, normally, when when he's uh, when he's not not here, he's on on vacation. Um, we do a, a separate topic, uh, but right now he's doing the the face to face series, and and he was planning on doing the Garden of Gethsemane uh, this this weekend, and and we thought that um, given the new new restrictions and the the, the increased numbers of uh, cases of, of COVID in in the Czech Republic, we thought it appropriate to uh, that it was kind of appropriate to, to continue on with this. Now, Drew might still preach on it next week. We're not sure. Um, and he'll have, you know, a lot of historical context and really interesting things to say. Uh, but for today, I, I wore a, a sweater vest and thought I'd try to, to um, stand in with him. And thank you, Preston, for, for laughing at that terrible joke. So um, we, we thank, uh, I know that uh, Trev put together uh, worship and uh, thank you for, for that, for leading us in worship. And so um, I'd invite you to get your, your Bible and maybe some, some paper and a pen as we go through this. We invite you to go through it with us. Uh, we'll have some questions that we ask one another about the passage. And, um, and then uh, we'll, we'll try to post those questions at the end uh, so that, that you have access to them or, or we'll post them on the, on the website. Um, so with that, I'd invite you to, to join, join us in prayer um, as, we, as we pray together. Uh, Father in heaven, um, thank you for, for who you are and, and all that you've done um, in this world and, and through, through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to, to worship you together um, over this technology Thank you uh, that we can we can be together as a congregation, even as we're we're separated by space. Uh, thank you that we can pray and we can know that that you you hear us, you hear our prayers. And Father, thank you that in the midst of uh, difficult times and and uncertainty of um, illness in our in our congregation and, and in our community, Father, we're we're thankful that when we lack perspective and, and we don't understand, that we can trust in you. And that uh, that you have um, all this in your grip and in your control, and um, we can trust in you, Lord. We do pray for um, decision makers in, in the Czech Republic, decision makers uh, abroad, in our in our places of work. Um, we pray for for the Czech people. We pray for wisdom in in decision making, the choices that people make. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you'd have us do right now. Um, help us to have compassion for those who, who think uh, differently from us and, and who might, um, might not see things the way we do. Um, help us to see your, uh, your image in, in them, knowing that, that all these people around us that we see are uh, that, that you love them. Father, I pray for um, the people specifically in, 
in uh, the ICP community who are, uh, who are unwell, who are, who are not feeling well, um, whether because of uh, COVID or other things. Father, we pray that you would bring healing to their bodies. Um, for as, as Drew said last week, you know, all healing comes from you. Um, we pray for the, the doctors and the nurses who are, are caring for people, who are treating them. Um, we thank you that there are medications and there are people doing research on this um, and pray that, uh, that there would be healing and, and protection for those who, um, who are more vulnerable, who are higher risk. Uh, we pray that you would uh, bless them and keep them and, and help them to, to feel your, your encouragement, your healing touch, and your love at this time. Um, Lord, as, as, as Preston and I uh, go, go through your word together, I pray that you would uh, open, open your word to us in, in a fresh way. Help us to see what you would um, have us see in it and to, and to talk through that. I pray that um, you would bless our conversation. Um, and and the, as, as the congregation as a whole goes through this together, I pray that, that you would speak to each person and that it would be your words um, that rest in people's hearts and their minds, and that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right, so, so as we, we planned uh, briefly beforehand, I'm going to um, read this passage. It's from uh, Mark chapter 14. It's Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is, of course, one of the most um, powerful passages, I think, in, in, in the Gospels. It just shows us the heart of God in the heart of Jesus in a way that, that others maybe do not, as we see 
uh, him facing this uh, excruciating situation in the garden. So we'll just walk back through it and, and, and discuss it um, as we go and uh, see what the, the Lord shows us in this time. So we see in the, in the opening verses that he comes to this place. It's called Gethsemane. He says to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So evidently uh, Judas is gone. He leaves uh, these eight, takes along with him, Peter and James and John. And then he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch. Um, so what do you think is going through the mind first of, um, of the eight <laughs> that, that, that aren't there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, I, I think about the, the disciples um, and, and, and sometimes they're, they're treated quite harshly by, by the, in, in the Gospels and just for their bumbling around. And, and this is a case where I think, you know, you think of Thomas or somebody who's, who's just been ch not chosen to go with Jesus that extra bit further. Um, and they're sort of just allowed to sleep or allowed to, you know, take their rest. And, and uh, I don't know, maybe they didn't recognize the magnitude of the moment. Um, but because it seems like uh, Peter, James and John certainly didn't recognize necessarily the magnitude of the moment. But, but they, I, I don't know, to not be in that inner circle, I wonder just how sad they were. You know, I think it's not too long ago that they just had that discussion about who would be greatest in his kingdom. And, and now they're here and he's selected these three to go on a little bit further with them. And, and you know, I, I wonder if that added fuel to the fire that they were already feeling frustration. Yeah, we're just not told, but we can certainly understand if, if that's what they're feeling. Uh, and as you said, Peter, James, and John themselves didn't seem to understand uh, the details of what was happening. They just had this incredible evening with Jesus, with him washing feet, giving instruction about the, the spirit and all of these things. And yet, um, yeah, it's a very, uh, it's just a, a weighty moment, I guess. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think too, I, you know, it, it comes up a little bit later, but just, you know, I think just putting this, this situation in context, like you said, they've, um, you know, they probably don't go to the upper room until it's late. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so these things are happening very, very late at night and they've had, they've had uh, some wine, they've, had uh, their feet washed. Jesus has just given this long prayer that they were present for. That's that's talked about uh, that, that John writes of, and and they're they're present for that. And then they walk, you know, to the to the Mount of Olives, the Garden of Gethsemane. I think they're just exhausted, and and of course Jesus is seems you know what does it say right in that first first bit like that he is sorrowful even unto death. And, and I think sometimes I, I, I think like uh, if I have really stressful, something really stressful coming up, it, it, I don't get as tired. I don't feel, you know, that I feel fatigue, but it, I don't sleep because there's this big thing coming up that keeps me awake. That makes me think about that. And, and the disciples, I don't know if, you know, they didn't, they don't seem to recognize the timing is imminent yeah. 
in the way that that Jesus clearly does. Yeah, they really don't understand, do they? I mean, the, despite all that they have heard Jesus say in the previous hours, the 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 force of what is about to happen it does really seem to escape them. Yeah, yeah. Um, what What about you? Do you think the how do you feel about the three or the eight? <laughs> um, you know, I really have no idea about the eight. Did they wonder? It wasn't the first time Jesus had left with uh, the three. Um, so is this a here we go again? Am I passed over? You know, Peter's claiming to be the greatest. So, you know, maybe he's right. Uh, we can imagine all kinds of questions, but the focus really shifts to Peter, James, and John, and, and then to Jesus. Um, so they are eyewitnesses to this, and they at least hear some of this. They, they of course, we're told they, they fall asleep at, at some point. But Jesus himself begins to, uh, his, his demeanor seems to change. He's, it seems like, as we've read in the, the Gospels, at the count of the evening, where Drew has, has had us for the past few weeks, you know, Jesus has been, has been serious. It uh, talks about him being troubled as he predicted his betrayal. But this, this really is a new level at, a, at a, an emotional, at a, at a visceral level. I think they are seeing a side of him that perhaps they have not seen, not even when he wept over the city, not when he cleansed the temple. Mm. This is new and um, maybe unsettling uh, for them to see. And, um, and just for him to say that as a matter of fact, you know, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, you know, remain here and watch. A couple of things that says to me, one, he's, um, he was very honest about where he was, about what he was facing. Um, that really flies in the face of um, I guess some teaching that is today. That, you know, if you are in God's will, if you are doing the right things, then, you know, it's happiness and problem free all the time. And here's Jesus right in the center of God's will. And um, he had good reason to be sorrowful and distressed and troubled. Uh, he he was about to face the absolute worst case scenario that could ever happen to one person. Um, and yet you see him uh, honest about that with his friends and yet at a human level, uh, wanting their company, not wanting to be alone in that. Um, I, I find that to be a, a powerful lesson. I find that to be a struggle in these times, you know, like with the quarantine, um, just needing um, human contact. I think he, he felt that at a level. What do you see there in that statement? Yeah. I mean that they like um, just that Peter, James and John began and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. I mean, I think he, he wants that contact. He knows, I think he has this sense that what he's going through is going to be very, very lonely Right. And um, he wants his best friends to, to be there with him. Uh, I, I, you know, keep watch. I wonder, you know, remain here and watch. What, what do you think is that watch me watch out for my betrayer, like knowing that that's coming 
That's a great question. Watch, watch with me. Just um, uh, it could have been, I suppose, watching. But did they understand? Even that, you know, it says in like in John when Jesus left, they had no idea why Judas was leaving. So I don't mm-hmm. think they really understood what was about to transpire. I think yeah. it's the idea of standing watch with me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, was it Habakkuk who talks about you know in his prayer about you know watching for the vision, you know, waiting for God to answer. I think there's a sense perhaps in which he's asking them to, to watch and wait with him. If we're deep into the night, as you said a moment ago, then it's almost like a, a night watch, you know, just watching for, for God yeah. to do something, you know, to listen for the father's voice, something to that effect, maybe. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me, I mean, even just, I think the way that word was used then would have been, you know, the, you know, it was a way of keeping time. Was it the, the first watch, the second watch, the third watch of the night? And because a lot of people were sort of sleeping outside, you know, groups of people like Jesus and his disciples might be sleeping outside somewhere that somebody is maybe having a fire and keeping watch. And they're rotating through those watches through the night. And right now I need the three of you to, to keep watch with me as I go through this. I think it's a good reminder. We are created for community. Mm-hmm. You know, God exists as a Trinity in community created Adam and Eve as a, as a community We're we're meant to live in community. And it's very natural for Jesus to want this at this, in this crucial moment. Um, as he, he leaves them. He goes a little farther. He says he, fought, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Um, there's so much in, in, yeah. in just this. This statement, uh, you see his own distress of soul, what he, the sense of foreboding, of uh, understanding the, the cup, um, as it's mentioned elsewhere in scripture, is the cup of divine wrath, understanding that um, a wrath that, that he himself knew full well, it is his own wrath he is about to experience um, for yeah. my sin and your sin, um, he will drink it to the full. And it's an unfathomable um, level of suffering that that uh, just defies description. I, I'm, I'm I'm not surprised as I read the accounts of the crucifixion that darkness fell. I think there were just things going on that no human eye could see. Mm. And uh, I think that's a bit of what we're seeing here, just a, a really poignant moment, and where Jesus Himself senses the weight of these things um, and yet uh, submits to the Father's will. And it's, it's incredibly powerful um, for yeah, me. I mean, it's, I the, the first time we, we get this, this word, um, Abba, I remember the first time I'd read that when I first became a Christian and read the Bible, somebody said, oh, that, that means daddy. And, you know, you see this loving, uh, term that Jesus uses and he's really coming before his father and and almost pleading but then you know catching himself or you know to say but not as my will 
what I want is, is your will. I, I want to do your will. Um, even if right now it, it doesn't look pleasant. And I, I see this, this wrath before me, this cup before me that, that just looks so terrible, but I, I want to do your will. Abba. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a powerful reminder, I think, to, you know, that Jesus willingness to, um, his desire to do the will of the father and, and a yeah. reminder for us to desire to do the will of the father, even if the will of the father at the, in the moment doesn't look pleasant or doesn't look like the easy way or, or anything, you know, the, these words are so powerful. It, it really is. Um, he knew full well what what the cup meant. Um, I'm convinced he knew he would suffer all this. He would rise from the dead. All this was was determined, and yet, you know, here he is. I think with the sense of the reality of this is what I, as a human, will experience. And honestly, as he leaves this garden, um, if if he were to refuse to obey God, he would lose fellowship with the Father. If he obeys the Father, he loses fellowship because yeah. of his suffering for us. And so it, it, on one hand, at least on the surface, it, it almost looks like the ultimate lose-lose situation, that there was no way for him to continue in, as, as it had been. He remarked earlier on, I believe it's in John, he said, you know, the Father is always with me. I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Now he's about to do the thing ultimately that pleases the father, but that it involves being, yeah. being abandoned so that we would not be. Um, yeah. Um, I, you know, for me, I, I think of, um, and my mind goes back to the larger biblical narrative. And I think of, of, uh, of Adam also in a garden, also facing a choice and, and failed as, as uh, and brought you know sin and, and death upon the world as and we fail often in the same ways so it makes me especially thankful and, and um, worshipful of Jesus that here he is facing isolation even as we see in a minute his his own friends really don't stand and watch with him mm. so that, that sense of abandonment begins um, in earnest at this point and uh he, he experiences that. I cannot help but think there's a sense of foreboding of, of what will happen to him, praying for strength to, to fulfill and be faithful to the end. Um, and uh, this, this picture of submission is just, and, and trust is just beautiful because God in this, in this segment is, is silent. Right. Um, and that's, that's a really hard place for any of us to be. That parallel with, uh, with Adam is, is, is really powerful to, to, to think of, you know, Jesus as, as the new high priest and, and, you know, one where Adam failed and, and was victorious over, over sin and death where, where we all fail. And, um, the, I think that's a, a really powerful parallel and, and to know that it happened in the garden as well. Um, but another garden. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's by accident. <laughs> no, no. I, and of course, uh, 
you know, if you're familiar, I mean, not you, but I mean, people watching, you know, familiar with scripture, you know, you know, Jesus is called the last Adam and second Adam. And there's some, some significant parallels there. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, Jesus calling God Abba. It reminded me of Karen having gone to Israel a few years ago and uh, heard some children running up to their, their father on the street and using that very term, you know, Abba, Abba. And, you know, just struck her as like, yeah, that's what a child, you know, would call to his, his papa or his daddy. And just how tender and um, unpretentious. And uh, yeah. you know, it's just, yeah, it's the relationship. Even in that tender relationship, there's there's a bitter cup um, put in his hand. Um, and there are times when I think the Lord puts a bitter cup in our hands. And I think knowing that, that Jesus drank his, that, that gives us hope, I believe, when, when God is silent in those times, that, that we can trust him and we can drink and, um, and know that in some way it'll be okay. We can trust him in, in those times. It's really powerful for me. Yeah. Uh, his submission to the Father's will is, is uh, yeah, it's, it's so very powerful. Um, it is. Yeah, there's submission, and you, you've, you, you know, you've used that word trust a number of times. And I think, you know, in the, in the midst of a, the pandemic, in the midst of rising numbers in the Czech Republic, um, you know, whereas over the summer, I know people were so thankful they were here and not elsewhere. Um, now people are like, oh, no, I'm here and not elsewhere. And... <laughs> And the uh, and and yet there's we see here in the midst of this bitter cup in the midst of this trial that that there's trust um, and a, and a willingness to to submit to, to think about in, in the season we're in businesses closing um, people unable to work I ran into a, a Czech friend the other day on the street and young young fellow and and uh, and he's a chef and like, yeah, I have no work. And it's like, yeah, oh, just so hard. Um, families that are dysfunctional and, and, you know, restricted there at home, that tends to exacerbate the difficulties in those relationships. And yeah. there's, there's a lot of heartache, a lot of hurt around us uh, really is. Do um, you think, do you think it's, it's too much to make, to draw those parallels with like, Jesus or, or the disciples in the garden going through this trial, um, you know, parallels between our own lives, uh, you know, think of people who are ill, who might be, you know, especially with a respiratory illness, feeling like they can't breathe or feeling like you know, the fever or feeling like it's a trial financially or feeling like it's a trial to, to, to think of, to think of Jesus in the garden and to say, Oh, this is, this is, you know, a, I don't know. A Gethsemane moment, a moment where in my life I need to really trust and draw close to him as my as my daddy, as my as my Abba, and and choose to you know do his will, uh, not my will be done, but but yours. Yeah, uh, well, I think so. I think, of course, it's, there's always a caution about lessons we draw from narratives, but here we have abundant scripture that encourages to to trust God. Trust God in the midst of life's difficulties. Yeah. Almost all of the Psalms are written in the midst of conflict and misfortune and, and uh, you know, difficult things happening. And the psalmist cries out, you know, 
don't hide from me, don't wait, how long have you forgotten me? You know, right. a really deep, heartfelt honesty. And so I think really Jesus is very much in line with um, with the spirit of the Psalms, even as he cries out here. And and don't we often experience this with uh, difficulties where we, where, you know, Jesus understood the larger picture, and that's part of why he felt such distress and trouble and sorrow. And we do not. Uh, but we know that behind all this is a God who is who is good and wise and loving, who, in fact, is good and gracious towards us because he was he was silent to his son. Right. You know, he is, uh, you know, Jesus is faces the silence of God. Sometimes we do as well. And it's there's no uh, letter in the sky written. There's no, uh, you know, sometimes there's no clear answer. I mean, there have been many times. Like I'm, shall we say, just a little bit older than you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, with our kids now, they're all stateside, and and uh, you know, uh, how are they doing? Are they making good choices? What are they facing? They're facing things that are hard for them, and it's agonizing as a parent to to deal with that. Karen and I both deal with aging parents. We're we're wrestling with God. What are you doing in all of this? And um, you know, we we have to live life a day at a time and trust him in the midst of this. And, you know, I find this to be very powerful for me because, you know, God, you know, I mean, the Lord doesn't seem embarrassed to take responsibility for the hard things that happen to us. I mean, he says in Isaiah, I create the darkness as well as the light. I, I do the misfortune as well as the good things. That's really hard for us to accept. It doesn't mean he takes sadistic delight in our misfortune or our hard things, but he is in some way relentlessly pursuing a good purpose in us. It makes me think of Romans 8, 28, right? We you know that he causes all things to work together for good to those who, who love him. Mm -hmm. We're called according to his purpose. And so when there is the bitter cup in our hands, whether it's the, it's the wayward child, it's the financial misfortune, it's the COVID virus, we, we can trust him. We can drink the cup and know that its bitterness will not result in bitterness to us, ultimately. It, it will be blessing at some point, and we can trust because Jesus trusted. That's, yeah. It's really powerful. Just, um, just thinking, thinking about time, um, this next section yeah. um, is sort of summed up with, and, and you know, stop me if I'm missing something, but it's really summed up in Jesus asking them to wake up because they're asleep, he goes and prays again. They fall asleep again. He goes and prays again. They fall asleep again. And then, and then he's, you know, in the, in the hands of his betrayer. Um, as Judas comes with the, with the, the guards. So what do we make of their, what's that? Confession time. Have you ever fallen asleep praying? You mean on a Sunday specifically or? I think I did it in elders meeting once, but uh, oh, this is recorded. Rats. <laughs> uh, on a more serious note, you know, I think, you know, as you said earlier, there's very likely exhausted um, the, the weight of all that had been put upon them in that evening. It doesn't compare to what Jesus was bearing, and yet it was even more than they could bear. Um, part of that, I think, was him beginning to experience that isolation, but you know, I'm, I'm struck at the end of verse 40. It says, uh, he came again, found them sleeping. Their eyes were heavy and they didn't know what to answer him. And you get a sense of the, 
of the um, of their own regret and despair and the sense of, I think, knowing they had let him down um, and just realizing this, there's things going on here that, you know, I had those times with the just like, I, I, there's just nothing I can say. And then um, at the same time, you know, um, for the three, Jesus forgives them. Like they, it's not like, like they, they really let him down here. He was quite specific with his request. And vulnerable, you know, I mean, yes. I mean, you could take it as a command, but a request from a friend, it's, it's like, yeah, and, and they and they failed him. They didn't keep watch. They they fell asleep. They weren't up praying, you know, for him in the hour of his need. And yet, yeah, three times, which and I think three times is significant as well, isn't it? Because you know, there's all these three times things yeah. um, that that come up in scripture. And and yet, as we move on, you know, we know that that they are forgiven. That. Mm-hmm. That he loves them, you know, it, it, even after, um, you know, Peter denies him and he's, he's reinstated. He's this incredible man of, of the, of God and of the church in, in Acts. And, and we, we know the stories of the other disciples and, and what they're, what they accomplish and what they do in faith and in trust. And it's such an incredible reminder that we can, you know, as, as we've said, we can, we can put our, our trust in God, we can put our faith in him and he is, abounding in love and in mercy. Yeah, um, his grace never fails. And we see that here with, with the, you know, with these, these three who can't stay awake um, in his hour of need. Um, I'm, I'm struck as I, I read this, just that his resolve, having prayed, having come to this place of, and it's, it's difficult to even describe. I can't say Jesus came to a place of trust. I think he always trusted the Father. And yet in, in facing this, which is human nature naturally um, would be, you know, apprehensive and distressed about, and yet he, having embraced that, there is a resolve there. Uh, he's, he stands and meet Judas and the, the crowd who comes to arrest him as they bind him and, and take him away. And he's, you know, submitted to a terrible injustice of a trial and all of these things, there's never a sense of him regretting, fearful. It, it's almost as if even though he's the one in chains, he is in control. Um, was struck some time ago in reading Mark's gospel, the thing that, that um, the only thing he refused, he, he's entirely passive in, in all of this. And yet the one thing he refuses is when he's offered something that would deaden his experience of of what was going on and realizing that even though he appeared to be passive, he was in fact behind all of this. Mm. He's, he's the, the Lord and, and the, the, the champion, the first runner of the race. I, I think that is why Hebrews 12 tells us to keep our eyes fixed on him. You know, we've, he's, um, you know, for the, it says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and despised the shame you know, that was a huge part of what Jesus experienced that, you know, stripped, naked, insulted, abandoned, you know, sorry, experiencing shame. And yet to despise it is, is to make light of it. Right. And he, 
you know, that, that shame of being counted a transgressor, sinner, when he was not. And yet, uh, he, he thought little of that compared to the, the joy set before him of pleasing the Father and saving us. It's, uh, well, that reminds me of a, of a, a verse I, I come back to a lot is, is that idea of having that those who, who know him and love him have a, a peace that passes understanding. And, mm-hmm. and you see that, you know, in the midst of this anguish that he experiences um, when he's accepted this cup, he goes through the next, um, well, that evening to the next, and then with a, with a peace that passes understanding. Like it's far beyond what we can understand to have peace in the midst of injustice, in the midst of, you know, what, what looks like the world crumbling around him. He has a peace and a trust to go through it with um, knowing, knowing his father, uh, yeah. knowing his father's love. Well, I think we should, we should try to wrap it up. Um, That was fun. I'm so thankful for Alex and the AV team who typically do this um, and make it look better than we just did. Um, And, uh, and I hope that, that this has been, you know, a a blessing to to our community. Um, I hope that uh, as, as you followed along with us, that, that you gained something um, that the Lord spoke to you. Uh, through his word. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, please, please contact the, the church office. Uh, so let's just, let's just pray, uh, prayer blessing. And, um, and we'll, we'll close. Uh, so Lord, Lord, thank you for this time that we've had together. I pray that, um, that your word would really shine through and that you'd speak to our hearts uh, through it. Um, and uh that you would really help us to, to lean on you and to trust you in these, in these difficult times. Um, we once again, pray for those in our community who are, who are not feeling well and pray your blessing on them, pray for healing, um, and pray that we would all uh, really learn to, to trust in you, um, to walk through this with a, with a peace that surpasses understanding and um, because of the, the hope Um, that you've placed on our hearts. And now um, may the love of God the Father, the the peace and the the grace of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. Amen.